It's all about the conversations. Arrow.net, A-R-R-O-E.net. We are unplugged and totally uncut with Danielle J. Lindemann. I'm great. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. First of all, listeners need to understand, it's true story, what reality says about us. And I just finished up with Inventing Anna, watched every single episode, and I'm going to tell you, I don't know what it says about me other than I am addicted to binge watching. Um, that's not reality TV though, right? This right. Is a scripted series. Yeah. I haven't well, I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard it's fantastic. Oh, it's just unbelievable. And the thing about it is though, is that it must have been four years ago. I, I, I talked with the, the, one of the main people in, in the movie that they feature and, and it's like it just it just you look at life, you're going, Oh my God. Oh my god. It's it's there's such an investment in reality TV, but at the same time, what is it doing to us? doing to us right i think it shows us kind of the worst of ourselves right in some ways right it shows us our racism our classism our sexism right but at the same time you know i always make the pitch for reality tv i think i wouldn't be such a fan if i didn't believe in the kind of power of reality tv to show us kind of a more positive side of ourselves and to affect us in a positive way so reality tv also shows us you know i think something beautiful about ourselves it shows us how diverse we are shows us how massively creative we are in so many different areas Right. It shows us, you know, how we change and evolve. If you look at the evolution of attitudes on reality TV. Um, so I think reality TV can absolutely reflect the worst of ourselves and impact us for the worst. But I also think that it reflects and impact uh, has the potential to reflect and impact us positively as well. I think it gives us confidence and courage to be able to say, you know, and to use our voice instead of going inward like we did in the decades before. Because I remember before Real World, there there was talk of reality TV and we're going, there's no way. We're not going to watch other people with their lives. Oh, my God. Were we ever wrong? Yeah, I mean, even that first season of Real World, it wasn't, you know, even though that's kind of, of a cultural touchstone, and we all know the first season of Real World, it wasn't wildly popular. And it was on, you know, a cable network, so a lot of people, back when it mattered if you had cable or not, right, like, a lot of people didn't have it, didn't have MTV at the time, so it wasn't really until Survivor came along, mm-hmm. right, that now millions and millions of people tuned in, right? I talked to a lot of people who say, oh, I can tell you exactly where I was sitting, exactly where I was when that final episode of Survivor in 2000 aired, right? That was a cultural juggernaut. So I think that was really the first real inkling of, okay, this is going to be around for a while. That show was so powerful, that first season, that the radio station that I worked for, we did a promotion around that, and, and we actually did a Survivor series up on the mountain. And, and, and to this day, the girl that won it, I'm still very good friends with, because we, you, you build up such a relationship with these people that are struggling, and, 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 and how they had to live in, 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 in the conditions that they were in, and, they, and you learn from how they made it through the storm. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, I'm sure you have such an interesting perspective on reality TV too, having you know interacted with the, the people who who kind of populate these shows. So it's I, fascinating to I, me. I do, and and I think that's one of the reasons why it took me forever to fall in love with Modern Family because they were trying to be a reality show, and I wasn't I wasn't falling for it. Yeah, I mean, that's so interesting, the fact that now we have these, like, right pseudo-reality scripted shows. I think that really, like, Modern Family, but even The Office, which I also teach a class at Lehigh about sociology of The Office, and, you know, Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. But I think that just shows us, you know, how, what a cultural zeitgeist, what a part of the cultural zeitgeist reality TV is, that it's this format now that's immediately recognizable, right? That you have, like, someone in the talking head talking about the action that's happening on the screen, right? Um, that's immediately identified 
identifiable. And it's sort of become this like snake eating its tail at this point, right? Where now there's like scripted shows that are reality and reality that are scripted and it's all mashed together. Do you think that we have turned our news into reality TV only because, I mean, during during the race riots and stuff like that, we were all tuning in to see the stores that were that were getting broke into and things like that. It was it, it was like watching a reality show. Yeah, I mean, but I don't think that's new, though, right? I think news, you know, also, oftentimes people say, well, you know, reality TV, that's not really real, right? Right. And, yeah, I mean, they, of course, it's not 100% real. No, no, I don't think anyone is saying that it is, right? These shows are kind of curated. They cast particular people. They, you know, they edit it to look a certain way. But that's also always been true of the news, right? Like, they going back to even, you know, the, the Vietnam War being on TV, right? Or the 90s, right? The O.J. Simpson trial. Oh, my God. Right? So, right. I mean, newscasts have always, you know, picked particular stories to tell. And they've told the stories in certain ways. So there's that curation and that editing happening with the news as well. Nothing that we put out there is ever going to be 100% a mirror of reality because it can't be. It's always kind of translated through kind of human hands. Can you imagine if All in the Family would have been a reality show? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if we would have been ready for it then. Right. Well, they, 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 you're right about that because there were things that you know Archie Bunker covered that we weren't ready for. But, boy, he put it out there, though. Yeah, that's true. And I think reality TV, though, has sort of historically put things out there that scripted TV hasn't necessarily. So even going back to the 1970s, there was a show called An American Family um, on PBS, which some people say is the first reality show. Um, And they, you know, they covered all sorts of family issues. They, you know, they had a gay son who was part of the family. And for for there to be, you know, a gay person on TV at that time was was quite revolutionary. I mean, even then, even in the episode of the real world even going back to 1992 they were there was a you know there was a there was a gay person on that show there were people talking about racism and sexism in ways that i had never heard before or seen before on tv so i think reality tv has always yes all in the family also kind of went there too for sure but i think reality tv has also has always kind of gone there um to kind of revolutionary places in ways that scripted tv hasn't necessarily do you think that that reality tv changed the face of radio as well because i mean uh, you know from real world and from and, and even survivor i mean there 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 are top-notch talent like sherry lynch that that really got to be themselves on the radio and they were allowed to be themselves in in the form of being real yeah i mean i don't know i think maybe you're a better person to answer that question than i am in terms of do you see a kind of change um in sort of how i don't know uh, people interact interface with radio after the dawn of reality tv um, I guess I'm not interviewing you, so. <laughs> but I, you, I, I think I think so, and I think that could be the reason why podcasting has taken off as well. Because it, if you, when you sit down and you really study podcasting and listen to what people are saying and doing, it's really no different than the Kardashians. Yeah, I mean, it really has changed kind of the face of media more broadly, or even, and even you know going to social media, right? Like the rise of the influencers, absolutely connected to reality TV. It's no, it's no mistake that mo- a lot of the influencers that you see on Instagram, social media in general, you know, are connected with reality TV because we kind of form relationships <laughs> with those people, right? That we see on the screen because they're ostensibly being themselves, right? And we feel like we know them, and they're called parasocial relationships. Mm. We feel like we know them in a way right that maybe we don't feel like we know people who are kind of just playing characters so right they're able to kind of 
sell things to us or we're able to interact with them in a kind of a more um, intimate way. You are so spot on when it comes to influencers because right away I had a, I had a flashback of Paul Stanley, lead vocalist of the group Kiss, during the lockdown, uh, he, he went to social media to, to show his real life. And I'll, I'll never forget him doing one of his live performances. He says, look, he says, you have to understand, this is my house. This, this is not a studio. It's not going to be perfect. He says, I'm going to suck, but you're going to see me in reality. And I, I was like, I respect you more now. Yeah, this idea of authenticity, right? Reality TV really promotes that idea too, right? That you be yourself, be real, right? Like kind of let it all hang out and show people what you're really like. Um, but yeah, I think during during the the lockdowns, during the early you know part of the pandemic, there was a lot of that kind of reality, like little organic reality TV shows happening, especially you know in in celebrities' lives. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the Mandy Patinkin video. Yes, yes. Posting. I mean, who thought Mandy Patinkin would become like this major, <laughs> you know, but I was tuning in. It's fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I don't know if maybe reality TV kind of primed us for that, right? Like, okay, like we know what we're getting into now. And so this is a form of entertainment that we, we are, we're comfortable with and we want to see more of. I love the way that you have your little, little tiny tests and things that throughout the book and the way that, you know, write down the names of those in the Supreme Court versus the Kardashians. And, and I, when, when I came across that, I was like going, oh, I, I, Clarence Thomas, I, I think that's the only one I know. Well, I'm sure if I was sitting in front of a newspaper, I'd go, okay, of course, of course, of course. But but off the top of my head, you know, no, because it's not a part of my everyday. Yeah, I mean, well, some of them have been confirmed recently. Like, a lot of the students know Barrett because she's yeah. recent, right? Um, but yeah, so this is an exercise that I give in my, you know, intro to sociology class where I ask students to make two lists, to write down as many Kardashians as they can name and then as many Supreme Court justices as they can name. And, you know, like you, most of them name more Kardashians than Supreme Court justices. And that's true even if they don't have never seen the Kardashians, right? Because this is kind of part of the cultural ether now that, you know, most of us, even if we've never seen the show can name at least like Kim and maybe Courtney or <laughs> Chloe, right? Or Kendall. Um, so I think that it's certainly not to shame my students or you. I mean, I don't remember all the Supreme Court justices all the time either, but I think it's just, it's a really kind of potent symbol of the kind of central role that reality TV kind of now plays within our broader culture. Is it now through your studies and stuff like that, have we become more visual? Because I mean, if, if I'm, if I, I can identify them if I see them, and then of course, one of the things that I do as a daily lesson is I make sure that I do a lot more reading than I used to be instead of watching videos and things like that. And, and, and even when I'm writing, I make sure that I have a dictionary near me because I want to physically use that dictionary to, in my writing so it doesn't make me a, a lazy writer. I'm kind of more visually oriented yeah. as a culture. Yeah, because it, you yeah. Know, I get really super lazy when I can sit there and speak into my phone and it types it out for me. And so when I have to sit here in front of this computer and type, I'm going, no, this is, ah, come on, get up with the times, dude. Well, it's interesting because, you know, speaking of just kind of being lazy, you know, I think a lot of us gravitate toward reality TV because we feel like we can kind of watch it in a lazy way, yep. right? We don't really, it's not, ostensibly, it's not very cerebral, right? Um, we, unless you're a sociologist who's like nitpicking every nuance of it, um, but it's not very, you can kind of let it like wash over you at the end of a long day. You know, even Michelle Obama writes about this in her memoir. She says there's nothing more relaxing at the end of a long day than kind of watching these shows about saying yes to the tracks, right? <laughs> so a lot of us, you kind of use it to unwind because we don't really have to engage with it um, in that way. But at the same time, a lot of us are really engaging with reality TV and 
very active ways, like, like voting on the competition shows or like going to social media and then, you know, buying the products that are being hawked on the shows. So it's this interesting kind of tension where on the one hand, it's like we like reality TV because we can just like kind of sit back and let it wash over us. But on the other hand, we are actually very actively engaged with these shows in some ways. In in, in ways, is it the, the way that it's like uh, what Julia Cameron says in The Artist Way? She says that the reason why magazines are right there at the counter at, at a grocery store is because you feel bad about Brad Pitt. By the time you get up there to pay for that food, that $500 you just spent, nah, not as bad as Brad Pitt. I'm, I'm good. So do we watch reality TV so that we can compare it to our lives going, nah, I don't have as bad as they do. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's so many reasons that we tune into reality TV, which is, you know, part of why it's still this kind of cultural juggernaut, right? There wouldn't be if, we, if there weren't so many reasons. But one of those studies show, and it depends on the show, but one of those is this kind of voyeurism, kind of train wreck reason, right? We like to watch a good train wreck because it reminds ourselves that we are not the train wreck. Even though we might be messed up in our own ways, we're not like, oh, those people over there on that show, right, who are doing that thing. So it kind of reaffirms our sense um, of superiority absolutely the Beatles changed the generations do you think that that reality TV changed us I think reality TV has changed us in a lot of ways. I think it's changed how we kind of respond to TV. I think it changes how we respond to media more broadly, including the news. I think we're more skeptical about news now because we've been so primed from Mm -hmm. all these decades of watching reality TV and knowing, right, that it's not really real, right? And so now, you know, when we watch the news, we have maybe this kind of skepticism about the news that we didn't always have in the past, that not everything we're seeing on our screens is 100% true or real, whether or not that's accurate. Um, so I think it sort of primed us to interact with the news and media in different ways. Um, it certainly changed the face of celebrity and who can be a celebrity, right? These kind of DIY or do-it-yourself celebrities who are just, you know, are celebrities for famous for being famous, which has always been the case, though. There have always been people, like royalty, right, who are famous for being famous, not for having any talents, right? But you really see this come out with reality TV. So it's changed the landscape of celebrity. It's changed the landscape of media. And studies show that it does kind of impact how we kind of move and think in the world. It impacts, you know, how we feel about wealth. It impacts how we feel about different social groups um, and even impacts our behavior um, in some ways. So it certainly, I would say it's changed the social landscape. And these celebrities are like family members. I mean, I, I, I've always thought Jojo Siwa was like my little sister who has now grown into a woman. I mean, it, it, it's we have followed these people since when they were itty, itty bitty babies. Yeah, I mean, so there's a lot of kind of media literature on this and, you know, the idea that, yes, we form relationships with characters on scripted shows, too, right? Absolutely, right? Like, am I more of a Miranda or am I more of a Bethany? Not a Bethany. <laughs> am I Miranda or more of a, of a Samantha, right? No, sadly, it's a Miranda, right? Um, but at the same time, there's sort of this idea that with reality TV, it's even more intimate, these relationships that you form, these parasocial relationships, because you're connecting with someone who's ostensibly being themselves, Right. Whether or not there's any kind of real performance going on, they're, they're being themselves. So you connect with Kim Kardashian, who's acting as Kim Kardashian. And then there's this multi-platform approach where then you can go follow her on social media. You can buy her products. You can buy the doll. You can buy the video games. You can, you know, follow her radio tour if she's doing a radio tour. Right. <laughs> um, so you can connect with there's so many different points of connection that we have now. We really have access to these stars in a new way. And and look at all the, the housewives, like housewives of Jersey that were, were in reality away from those cameras. They still got in trouble and some of them did some jail time. I mean, it's just it's just and it's like, man, put a camera in there. I want to watch that, too. 
I know. I think they did a special. But yes, no, the reality, I know. I, I was just talking about this, actually, the fact that so many reality stars end up in jail and why that is. <laughs> I think it seems like a lot of it's for tax-related purposes. Maybe they just don't know how to properly report their reality TV income. It's fascinating. Wow. Is there a website where people can go to learn from you? Because, I mean, this this book is just, to me, it's, you're just scratching the surface. There's There's so much to what you are sharing with us right now. Oh, there's so much. Well, they can go to my personal website, Um, and they can read, you know, all aspects of my work and all the press that's been done um, about my work. But um, I'd also direct them to the book as well, even though I agree there's so much more to unpack there than can be encapsulated in a single book. Absolutely. You got to come back to the show anytime in the future, Danielle. The door is always going to be open for you. Oh, that would be so fun. Well, you be brilliant today, okay? <laughs> you too. Bye.